0: Over a million patients a year are treated with respect, warmth, and compassion at Boston Medical Center. It's in this spirit of community that we offer our podcast series to you, featuring our doctors and staff. This is Boston Med Talks. Here's Melanie Cole. It's so interesting that studies dating back to the 1920s have shown that diet can improve seizure control in people who have epilepsy, and Boston Medical Center is among three Massachusetts-based hospitals that offer the ketogenic diet therapy to patients with epilepsy. My guest today is Katherine Barry. She's a pediatric specialty dietitian who specializes in the ketogenic diet specifically for pediatric patients with epilepsy at Boston Medical Center. Catherine, first tell us about epilepsy and how does diet and what we eat affect seizures and epilepsy?
1: Sure. So um, just a, a little bit of background. Um, epilepsy is a, a neurologic, neurological disorder that's uh, characterized by recurrent um, and unprovoked seizures. So they're marked by periods of abnormal um, brain activity. Um And uh, apart from traditional treatments like pharmacotherapy, so the traditional um, anti-epileptic medication, uh, diet and specifically the ketogenic diet has been used, um, as you mentioned, since the the late 1920s um, and in the past more as an adjunct therapy, but more recently um, even as a a primary treatment modality for epilepsy by manipulating the, the seizure threshold and by altering the susceptibility of patients to seizures.
0: What is the ketogenic diet and how does it work? Tell us a little bit about it.
1: So there are a couple of different iterations of the diet, um, but they all have the same general makeup. So high fat, low carbohydrate, and what we refer to as nutritionally adequate protein. So for growing kids, there might be a slightly higher proportion of protein than there would be for a more static adult. But really the bottom line is that there's a restriction of carbohydrate and a concomitant Increase and in emphasis of fat within the diet. So, on a biochemical level, um, it produces a metabolic shift in energy production away from the use of carbohydrates or glucose oxidation and towards ketone body metabolism um, from fatty acids. Um, so, breaking that down a little bit, um, in the absence of carbohydrate for fuel, the body relies on fat breakdown, uh, which produces what are called ketone bodies. Um, the main ones being acetone, acetoacetate, and beta-hydroxybutyrate, which are very efficient um, fuels for most of the tissues and muscles in the body, including the brain.
0: Catherine, since this diet is a medical treatment, who is it suitable for? Are there certain candidates for whom this would be a better option than others?
1: So it's a good question. Um, The largest body of research uh, supports the diet in in pediatric patients, but there's really no restriction on age. Um, and in fact, there's a good deal of evidence that points to the efficacy of the diet in adults um, with epilepsy as well. Um, there are certain conditions that seem to be more responsive to diet, um, things like infantile spasms. But generally, there are very few outright contraindications to at least trialing the diet, uh, save for patients with certain mitochondrial disorders. Um, which makes the diet more broadly applicable across the spectrum of epilepsy.
0: let's begin what if someone comes to you and you've determined that they this would be a really great treatment therapy modality for them, what is the first step how do you begin such an intense diet and how difficult is it for the family and for the parents to prepare
1: sure so at the um at the very outset of the diet um i i take a, a very comprehensive and, and detailed overview of what their typical diet looks like at home. Um, so taking into consideration um, things like um, their culture and, and things that might make their diet look, um, look very unique to, to their family. Um, and then ruling out any sort of metabolic disorder. Um, we, we dive in by exploring exactly what the, the diet would entail, so what generally meals would look like, how the diet itself is prescribed and how it might look different for every individual patient, depending on their degree of response. Um, so we do uh, a very uh, detailed uh, look into um, what the the different macronutrients are in a, a regular diet, so carbohydrate, fat, and protein, um, and explore what how the the diet composition is going to um, be manipulated over time to produce um, this metabolic effect that, um, that induces ketosis.
0: So what does a typical meal on the ketogenic diet look like? I think that listeners would be very interested in the steps that, that families have to take, whether it's eliminating simple sugars or looking to plant-based options. Please tell us what a meal would look like.
1: Sure, um, so as you can probably imagine it's a it's a lot of fat, um, but we do aim to incorporate a variety of of fat sources to keep the diet interesting and palatable um, to avoid taste fatigue as much as possible. So when we talk about those macronutrients, we think of um, fat sources being things like heavy cream, oils, avocado, mayonnaise, butter, cheese, um nuts and seeds, um and then the meal would also include a protein source, so If it's financially feasible, something like fish or eggs, meat, small amounts of beans, um, and then a carbohydrate source. So primarily leaning on on non-starchy vegetables and and fruit for their nutritional profile, um, and also incorporating some grains, if at all possible. Um, Because a lot of these meals, if not most of them, are made from scratch, it could certainly be both time and labor intensive. Um, Depending on the diet, often individual ingredients have to be weighed and measured, so I always suggest things like batch cooking and freezing pre-portioned meals to reheat, Um, and then I help a lot with uh, initial meal planning and slowly relinquish ownership of that as the family gets more comfortable at home and as it becomes more routine.
0: Do they have to stay on this diet for the rest of their lives? I mean, what happens as a child grows into their teen years and then even into adult? If you've seen a reduction in seizures, then what happens as far as the diet's concerned?
1: Sure. So um, the I would say the average duration for the diet is around two years, but certainly we've maintained patients on the diet for much longer. Um, sometimes upwards of 10 to 15 years with a good clinical outcome. Um, But as the child might age um, and and their their palate will change and or they um, are no longer able to be compliant with such a restrictive diet, um, there are different iterations going from the classic ketogenic diet um, to what's called the modified Atkins diet, low glycemic index treatment, and the medium chain triglyceride diet um, all of which are a less restrictive approach that allows for a larger variety of food, um, and so on the whole are generally um, able to be maintained for, for longer periods. So where we might start infants and young kids on what's called the classic ketogenic diet, um, which requires a specific and prescribed ketogenic ratio of fat grams to the grams of protein and carbohydrate. The other more modified versions, um, typically use things like household measurements, um, or sticking to, um, specific types of foods like low, low glycemic index foods, um, in order to, to produce the desired effect. So you mentioned
0: that maybe two years they, they would have to be on this diet. Are there any side effects? When you say it's high fat and cream and butter and all of these things, doesn't sound like a very heart-healthy diet, but that's not really what we're going for here, is it?
1: <laughs> so there are different side effects, um, some slightly more chronic than, than others. Um, at the diet induction, sometimes patients feel a little bit sluggish um, as their body kind of makes that transition from metabolizing primarily carbohydrate to fat. Um, and at that point, we're looking for more acute sympo- symptoms like hypoglycemia because we've restricted their carbohydrate intake um, or even something called acidosis. Um, so certain drugs in combination with the diet can um, alter our blood pH to become more acidose- acidotic um, so for those things, we typically prophylactically buffer um, and provide, for instance, a, a, a certain amount of baking soda or a citrate to reduce an acid load. But then over, um, over the long term, we look at we look for nutritional deficiencies given the general rigidity of the diet, um, Also things like high cholesterol. Um, that's usually transient and, and returns to um, baseline. After around three to six months on the diet, and can be mitigated by by changing the fat composition from primarily saturated to unsaturated sources. Um, things like constipation. So, as you'd imagine, eliminating fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, which is the um, the the primary um, fiber-rich foods that you'd be eating um, that typically help with bowel motility. Um, so, if and when we can, adding things that are still fiber-rich but low-carbohydrate containing, like avocado and nuts and seeds. Um, and then things like if there's a history of, of kidney stones, um, we often recommend a, a certain maintenance fluid dose um, and occasionally add something like a prophylactic citrate to, again, solubilize and inhibit crystal formation. And then we just check on uh, bone health um, as, again, the, the the diet. If you're on a, um, anti-epileptic medications, that typically uh leach calcium from the bones that, in combination with a high acid load from the diet um, can um, can lessen bone integrity. So we usually supplement with calcium and vitamin D.
0: That's so interesting. Catherine, thank you for sharing so much great information on a treatment that people might not realize is so important for patients suffering from epilepsy. Please wrap it up for us. What you would like listeners to take away from this segment on the ketogenic diet and really how easy it is to incorporate or how difficult it is to incorporate for the whole family but Really, how efficient it is in the outcomes that you've seen
1: sure, so um I think overall if if you're monitored and, and being followed by a medical team, um, the ketogenic diet is is definitely a, a treatment modality that's that's worth investigating um, given the the relative efficacy that we're able to see um, sometimes upwards of um, a fifty percent reduction in the number of seizures. Um, up to clinical remission, um, even after tapering diet and weeding medications, it's, it's a, a viable option for, for most patients um, that have um, different epilepsy syndromes. So it's certainly worth um, looking into with your medical team, making sure that there is adequate, um, adequate support and follow-up to, to make the diet as, as feasible as possible.
0: It's great information. Thank you again, Catherine, for joining us. This is Boston Med Talks with Boston Medical Center. For more information, you can go to bmc.org. That's bmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.